There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Today is Friday, as my kids like to call it, Friday, December 15th, 2023. Get a little Chuck Berry up in here. Love this song. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode number 516 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Lozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, James McQuiggan with the joke of the week, Alpha Sierra, Mia, Mr. Green Reads, Carrie, Chuck Berry, Kayla Sturgeon, Tim McDonald, the Kuda Chimera, David, Toasty Pops, Terrence Billingsley, all the mods, Jesse Johnson, BSEC from the car, Kimberly from the South Beach. Y'all, we are going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So if you're looking to uh, drive cyber risk reduction for your business stakeholders, we've got you covered because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to distill out of the story and I'm going to apply. This is how we can use it to drive cyber risk reduction. Or if you're looking to break in the industry, holler at you. You are going to get so much value that we are super pumped that you're here. The networking is amazing. The stories are amazing. The analysis, the community, amazing. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge, amazing. And Bonus, you will be asked in any single cyber security job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? I promise you. This right here, this Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, it's a chef's kiss answer to how do you stay current? We are going to straight crush it today, but before we get into it, I got a couple things to share with you. One, I uh, want to share the sponsors, guys, the sponsors who enable me to bring this to you. And I've got some big news for everybody. We're going to get to Barricade Cyber in a hot minute at the mid-roll. But Panopsi Secure, Security, listen, Brandon Poole, his entire team over there, let me tighten this up. Get a partner who understands your cybersecurity program and your business goals. Guys, GRC, CISO Life, in order to help drive cyber risk reduction, you need a plan, a strategy, you implement it. Yes, there's some low-hanging fruit where you just like configure it and off and running. But if you're going to have like sustained, mature information security programs, you need a strategy. And sometimes, you know, maybe you are um, a field promotion, whatever. And maybe you need a little bit of help. Maybe you're super busy. Honestly, this could happen. You could be super busy and not have time to do all the things. So get a partner who understands how to help you. That's Panopsi Security. Check them out, panopsi.com at a minimum 
Check out the website, bookmark it. You'll be happy you did. Good morning, everyone. Tony Roy taking the Hacks of Box CPTS next week. Straight crush it, homie. You got it. Also want to say shout out to Anti-Siphon Training. Uh, let me tell you about Anti-Siphon Training first. And then, oop, David found it. David found it. All right, so check it out. Anti-Siphon Training is disrupting the traditional cybersecurity training industry by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone, regardless of their financial position. That means every single person has no reason uh, from a financial perspective not to get high-quality training. And when I say high-quality, I'm talking being taught by some of the industry's best practitioners on the area that they are experts at. What's up, Tom Bishop? Boom! Loving Tom Bishop from the boot, our Italian uh, representation. Guys, use the link below. Go to training. Go to pay what you can training. Check out all of Anti-Siphon training, but the pay what you can. I'm going to start having special links. Guys, check out the upcoming courses. This is an active live calendar that gets updated on the reg. And if you want to learn application security, you can do it for free. If you want to do, and this is where I really want to call your attention. If you are free at the end of January, early February, you can get a twofer active defense cyber deception at the end of January and boom, right on the heel, SOC core skills. Two weeks of amazing training at $0. And Anti-Siphon Training, I am very, very proud to announce, has renewed their sponsorship um, for six months. In fact, I probably should have asked them if they wanted a year. I said, do you want to do six months? And they said, yes. Like John, John Stram was like, yes, let's do it. So um, because of that long-term sponsorship, uh, welcome Anti-Siphon for the long haul and check out the Anti-Siphon um, emote in chat right now. So now we've got the uh, Barricade Cyber and we've got the Anti-Siphon and the John Strand. So uh, love the support, love the affiliation. I am, I guys, really quick, if you don't know, if you're new here, I am incredibly proud to be associated and affiliated with Black Hills Information Security, Anti-Siphon Training, and Barricade Cyber, and Panopsi. Like those businesses, those people, I am incredibly incredibly honored to be associated with them they're amazing companies it's not just that they're sponsoring and you know getting ad reads like they are legitimately awesome companies with awesome people so i'm super happy for the opportunity to continue to partner with them and allow them to enable me to bring all this to you and that's what's up i want to remind you i don't prepare or research any of these stories so you're getting my hot takes i came into the office about 7:55, five minutes before go live hot cup of coffee ready to rock and roll. We've got jokes at the mid roll. James McQuiggan will be presenting Grayson's joke of the week. And um, each episode of the daily cyber threat briefing is worth half a CPE. So stay. Uh, so take a screenshot, say what's up and uh, file it away and get your CPEs. If you're live with us right now, hashtag team live, love seeing the live and chat. If you are on replay, hashtag team replay, replay your people too. And if you're just a member of the community, whether you're live or replay, hashtag Team SC. Team SC. I've got some Team SC stuff coming uh, pretty soon. So I'm Team SC all day, every day. And if it's your first time on the show, listen, Right, we're about to get right into the news. If it's your first episode, hashtag first timer in chat. We love welcoming our first timers. Hashtag first timer in chat. Now do me a favor. Sit back, relax. 
and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over all of us in an awesome wave. I will see you all at the mid-roll, then a little bit of jawjacking, and then we've got a telethon. I haven't even told people about this. we got a telethon at 9.30. It's going to be sick. Welcome to the holidays. Let's roll. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines oh, for Friday, December 15, so 2023. Oh, so good. I'm Steve Prentice. French police arrest alleged Hive banker. A Russian national arrested in Paris last week is being described as being suspected of acting as a banker for Hive affiliates. Over $615,000 in stolen cryptocurrencies was discovered during a search of his phone. An official from the French Ministry of the Interior stated the individual was, quote, identified thanks to his activity on social networks, end quote, and was subsequently arrested and placed in police custody. It has been estimated by U.S. cyber intelligence authorities that the Hive gang has extorted more than $100 million in ransomware payments before being shut down this past January. All right. Train. Regulators. Mount up. All right. Hey, what's up, Darius Johnson? Welcome to the party, pal. What's up, HR2 Cyber and Olivia? What's up from a natural's point of view? I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Look at all these first timers. Welcome to the party, pal. Uh, so great to have you guys. All right. Law, law enforcement coming at you. Chief Wiggum's in the house, everybody. Um, Russian national banker. Okay. So this is like a Bond villain where, you know, like the Bond villain's got the banker coming in and then they're sipping like fine wines and, and doing all sorts of sinister stuff. Um, Okay, so a couple things. One, Hive got taken down a while ago. So Hive, it was a, you know, kind of a very successful tier one uh, ransomware as a service business. And they were they were straight crushing it, right? From from a, again, you got to remember, if you're new here, first timers like Al and, and Darius Johnson, I, 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 I do not endorse cyber crime, okay? But the cyber criminals, their enterprises, I do hat tip. I, I respect business, right? And I respect the execution of business. Business is not easy. And uh, so some of these guys, they, they do really good business. It's just their business is crime, which sucks. Okay, so Hive got taken down and got arrested. Now, this one dude um, who was suspected to be a banker, you have to imagine that law enforcement basically shook down the uh, Hive ransomware threat actors in person, like, you know, you know, beat him with a hose or whatever you're going to do. Uh, I don't endorse torture either. I'm just, you know, flippantly saying that. Um, they got they got whoever the banker was. They found out who it was, and then they arrested the banker. Two things going on here. One, this is just um, from a ransomware business perspective. This should send some shockwaves through the cybercrime industry of like people who are supporting, endorsing, enabling, abetting, ransomware threat actors, right? Because if I'm a banker, right? I'm like, oh, I'm just like some monocle wearing top hat tipping uh, bank financial guy. I'm not getting my hands dirty. I'm not extorting victims. I'm not a criminal. I'm just a banker moving transactions. Well, guess what? If you're uh, involved with it, you're going to get arrested and you're going to get uh, taken down as well. So hopefully, hopefully this... Uh, deters other people 
uh, from wanting to participate in this type of crime and, and kind of um, kneecaps basically part of the ransomware industry. Because remember, guys, when a ransomware threat actor gets taken down, right? Like, let's say Revil, right? So Revil gets taken down or Conti disbands or whatever, or, or Dark Side, you know, the US government comes after him, like, whatever the scenario is. When a ransomware threat actor, same can be said with dark web marketplaces, by the way, whenever one gets taken down by law enforcement, it's like cutting the head off a Hydra. Like basically the people who are involved, not all of them get arrested. And then they go off and they take the infrastructure and code and the workflows that they learned and they stand up another one. And it's like whack-a-mole, right? You can't really get rid of ransomware by arresting people because it'll crop up again like a rash. So... I love this because now you're starting to take out part of the uh, secondary supply chain associated with ransomware crime. And hopefully the people who are bankers think, oh, geez, like I don't want to be involved with this if this is what's going to happen. Final thing I'll say about this, and I've said this on the channel before, dude, if I was a cyber criminal and I was like, all right, here's the life of crime I'm going with. I've got, you know, millions of dollars. You know what I wouldn't do? And it, it's a trade-off. You got to ask yourself, are you comfortable with this um, trade-off, frankly? I'm going to commit crime. Guess what? You can't go to Paris, boy. You can't go to France. You can't go to the United States. You can't go to United Kingdom. You can't go to Australia. You cannot go to countries that are down with the sickness when it comes to extradition and law enforcement partnerships. Bro, you've got to live in like, Eastern Europe or Siberia or, you know, like Moldova. I don't even know if Moldova uh, has these things, but like you see it time and time again where threat actors, they just can't help themselves because they got all this cash and they don't want to live where they are. They want to go spend money and like sail around and go to, you know, Fiji and Bali and stuff like that. So, you know what I mean? It's like, Go ahead, enjoy your spoils of your uh, of the fruits of your labor, but those spoils have tainted you. You're radioactive, bro. You can't go to certain places in the world. And this guy, Exhibit A, good luck. Your money's gone. Your freedom's gone. All because you wanted to be uh, down with the sickness, cybercrime. Okay, so I do want to say um, people picked up on this. Uh, uh, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> yes, getting down with the sickness. Thank you, Jesse and BSEC. Accusations lead to lawsuit against ethical hackers. A Polish ethical hacking group, Dragon Sector, is being sued by Newag, that's N-E-W-A-G, a manufacturer of trains, after alleging that the manufacturer had installed software into the trains to make them unusable if GPS detected that the trains were parked at a repair shop not owned by Newag. Newegg has not only denied these accusations, but has threatened to sue Dragon Sector for hacking the IT systems of Poland's trains, claiming that the Dragon Sector report had been commissioned by one of Newegg's competitors. Initially, Dragon Sector had been hired to do this detective work due to unexplained pauses and stoppages with some of Poland's trains. Ultimately, Dragon Sector got the trains running again after discovering an undocumented unlock code. The full story is available at Ars Technica. All right. Okay, so check it out. Um, this is an interesting story. I'm, I'm going to take a step back and uh, I'm going to do my best not to lose my mind, but I can't promise anything on this one. So th there is a bigger 
so the, the the short story here is that hackers hacked into software and discovered a mechanism that the vendor implemented to stop the uh, the product from being serviced at places that the vendor didn't choose. This is basically like antitrust. Uh, this is tampering. This is this is ridiculous, uh, frankly. Okay, now let's take a step back. There have been major, major um, like law. Now, this is in Europe, by the way, but in the United States, there's been major law around John Deere uh, tractors. And I think Apple, if I'm not mistaken, Apple's another one. But the idea here is that vendors who make products like uh, a John Deere tractor, let's use that one, or this train, is saying you can only have your service done by us, which is obviously a revenue generator. Straight cash, homie. homie. That's the deal. It's not that this train company thinks that only this train company can work on this train and nobody else is qualified. It is literally, we want to make money. We sell you the train and then we make an A load of money servicing the train. And if you take it anywhere else, then that's not okay. By the way, when you're the only one who can service the train, you can set whatever rates you want. That's why it's antitrust. There's no freaking market. It's only you. You could charge whatever you want. Now, it's annoying. It's disgusting. And uh, this is the whole philosophical argument. Like, I bought the train. I bought the tractor. I bought the iPhone. It's my property. Who are you to say who can service it and who cannot service it? I'm not leasing it from you. Now, um, the train company says, no, no, no. Like, you know, like it has mysterious problems if it goes somewhere else. It's a little janky that it's using GPS to tell where it is and determining if it's at a uh, train mechanic that isn't theirs. But they are denying it. Hackers, aka security researchers, basically dug in and found the code. Buddy, they've got the receipts. There's no way, like you claiming that it's not there is bullshit. Sorry, Kennedy. It's bullcrap, bro. Like, what are you talking about? They've got the receipts. They've got the source code. And if you're like scrambling to remove it from the trains to make it look like it wasn't there in the first place, good luck with that. Dude, we can't roll out patch management effectively. You think you this isn't a video game. You don't slam a big red button and all of a sudden the source code um, disappears from the trains. So this is an ugly look. Um, this is an ugly look for this train company. I hope if it's true, I hope that it um, screws them over. Uh, now, second of all, okay, I I, I want to point this out as well. Um, I've seen this with um, printers, right? Like like printers uh, not allowing you to use like knockoff printer ink. You have to use the HP printer ink. You have to use the uh, the the print labels from this certain company. I helped my aunt over Thanksgiving fix her label printer because it would only work with print labels like paper sticker labels that came from that company so they had some type of like nfc uh chip in there this sucks dude like f you for your um proprietary capitalism antitrust rules like it the whole reason of a free market is to have competition if someone else is making a product that works that's better and they charge less I want to buy it. And they know it. Like literally, this is why they're doing it to make sure that they can't get undercut in market. Now, having said all that, I do want to point out one small thing. Okay. One small thing, because I do like to be objective. I do like to be fair. 
I want them to have the ability to have, you know, right to repair, which is what it's called. Basically, if you Google right to repair, you'll see all the litigations and lawsuits and um, all, all the information around that. Um... Okay. In healthcare, if you're going to go work in healthcare at all, I want to tell you, um, in healthcare, we see this all the time with like x-ray machines, ultrasound machines, basically any type of like medical device, right? Now, medical devices are certified by the FDA typically, but what you'll see is you're not allowed to patch it. Oh, you got to patch it. Oh. Patch right. You're not allowed to you. You own it. You bought it. 200 grand for an ultrasound machine. You're not allowed to maintain it. You're not allowed to patch it. You're not allowed to upgrade it, fix it, repair it. You literally have to sign a, an additional service contract with Siemens or GE Healthcare or whoever, and they will manage it. Right. They'll remote in. And some of them even go so far as you have to have like a magic. I use magic in quotes here, but a magic USB stick. And like you literally have to plug it into the machine physically, and then it will allow you to maintain it, like get into the admin menu and maintain it. And without that key, which only the mechanic, uh, the maintenance technician has, you can't even do it. And the whole idea behind them is saying, listen, if you maintain it yourself, you aren't qualified. You don't know what you're doing. You could upgrade it or brick it or something like that. And then you're going to come back and leave a, a nasty review on Yelp saying that like our product sucks. So we don't trust, you're basically unqualified to maintain it. And that's the argument for, for this right here, right? So the argument from the vendors is that people aren't qualified, only they're qualified, that's why. I don't like it. The fact that they're checking your GPS location and then introducing mysterious issues is bullcrap. That is an absolute, this might be the most obvious antitrust lawsuit I've ever seen. Like it's it's ridiculous. Um, okay. And by the way, hat tip to the hackers who discovered it. Um, you see how the train sorry again, I'm I'm kind of going deep on this one. The train company's like, we're gonna sue the hackers, right? This is what it looked like in like 1997, 2000, you know, 97 to 2002. Security researchers, hackers would find things and then publicly disclose it or try to responsibly disclose it to the vendor. And the vendors would th threaten litigation, um, arrests, uh, cr like, you know, uh, violation of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, like bug bounties, responsible disclosure. Everybody that's just coming into the industry in the last couple of years and you're like, oh, yeah, no, no, this is normal. Like bug bounties, like you disclose vulnerabilities, like everybody wins. That is not how it was back in the day, back in the day, you were like, there's been people who've gotten arrested getting off stage at DEF CON because they just gave a talk on a vulnerability, right? This is kind of like taking us back to that where they're like, did a research and then they're threatening, um, they're threatening them. So suck it, train company. Through hacker group Gamble Force targets APAC through SQL injection. According to a report from cybersecurity firm Group IB based in Singapore, this new hacker group, quote, uses SQL injections and the exploitation of vulnerable website content management systems to steal sensitive information such as user credentials, end quote. Victims include gambling, government, retail and travel sectors across Australia, Brazil, China, India, Indonesia, the Philippines, South Korea and Thailand. The group is using open source pen testing tools along with a Chinese language version of Cobalt Strike.
Okay. Microsoft. All right. Here we go. It sounded like this was an anti-BRICS uh, cyber gang, but they're equal opportunity. Um, okay. So the APT is named Gamble Force. Uh, again, I don't know who named that. Um, but the naming convention of APTs is is a wacky thing in our industry uh, right now. But essentially, what does and the, thank you CISO series. This is probably the most on brand cybersecurity story we've had in a minute. But this um, threat actor group is exploiting SQL injection attacks. Which SQL injection is a classic um, top ten OWASP open web application security project vulnerability. It basically uses text uh, input fields on web applications, right? So like type in, in your username and password, that's a text field. You can push input to uh, the application, but it's using specially crafted um, inputs. So instead of putting your name like Jerry Osier, you put in Jerry Osier quote, like, you know, uh, one equals one semicolon, like you use SQL code and you basically inject it into the back end of the SQL database and then get it to like dump creds or, or, you know, do things. You, if you don't know what SQL injection is, or you've never played with a SQL injection, you've never executed a SQL injection. Uh, I strongly encourage you go check it out. No matter what you want to do. If you want to do pen testing, obviously you should know about this bug bounty. Obviously you should know about it. But even if you're a GRC person, this is like such a seminal attack. It's like, I think it's number three. Uh, in like the worst, right? So top 10, I think it's number three, if I'm not mistaken, it was number one for a while. So you absolutely should not just know what it is, but you should actually experience a SQL injection attack. There's a ton of labs online that you can play with to get it. Now, they are attacking anywhere they can find it. So what, it, and they're using open source tools to um, attack it, right? So find a website, there's a million websites online. Try a SQL injection attack. If I had to guess, they're probably automating parts of this. And when they successfully find one, they get on the box and then they mention Cobalt Strike. Now, Cobalt Strike is a post-exploitation framework, which means what they're doing is they're exploiting the box with SQL injection to get initial access, okay? So they haven't run malware. They're exploiting a vulnerability on the web application to get onto the system, okay? Now they're on the system. Now they can move laterally. They can take over the system. They can get creds, elevate privileges, whatever. They own that box, whatever, like the, the application server, the web server, the database server, like whatever the infrastructure is that they're able to get a foothold on. And the very first thing they're wanting to do is pull down Cobalt Strike, which is a, again, a post-exploitation framework, which is basically just like, a threat actor's key tool for like setting up shop, right? Imagine if you will, um, imagine if you will, this is a little bit of a silly example, but it's gonna it's gonna convey the, the, the point here. Imagine if you will, if you like broke into someone's house, okay? Like you break in their house. Yeah, you could just run around and like rifle through drawers and stuff like that. But if you were gonna like set up shop in someone's house that you broke into, like you you get in and then you go out to your van and you grab like your tools, you grab a tent, you grab a lunchbox because you're going to be there a while. You come into the house that you just broke into and like you go in the living room, you pitch a tent, you get a little fire going, 
you get you get a game plan of what you're going to be doing. You get you know you start drawing a map of the house, right? That's basically what post exploitation framework is. Maybe you set up okay, and like to even make this a sillier example, but really get the point. You you set up a conveyor belt from your van out on the street into the tent in the house. So if you need something like another tool or you want to bring Harry and Marv from home alone, they're in the van. You want to bring them in. You just tell you just put a note on the conveyor belt and send it. This is C2. Send it. And then Harry and Marv get the note back at the van, which is like the C2 server. And then they hop on the conveyor belt and come back down. Right. So this is what uh, Cobalt Strike is. And it's very, very effective, Cobalt Strike. Uh, and you might be like, why is there such a tool? Red teams and real offensive security professionals use Cobalt Strike in order to do engagements and stuff like that. So that's the reason why. I also want to point out Cobalt Strike is really well known. And out of the box, Cobalt Strike is easy to detect. A lot of tools like EDR and um, uh, like EDRs, like Microsoft Defender, Lima Charlie, all, all these um, EDR solutions and, and even a lot of like firewalls, they know what Cobalt Strike looks like. It's very well defined from a signature perspective. So I talked to Mike Saunders at Red Siege. The guy is a legend at uh, Wild West Hackenfest. Shout out to Wild West Hackenfest. And he told me, he's like, oh yeah, he's like, Cobalt Strike out the box, not going to work for any engagements. But if you customize Cobalt Strike, it doesn't get detected and it's super effective. So um, shout out to that. Um, it just again, this is like, I'm going deeper because A, this is a really good cyber story. And B, for those who are not aware of like, you know, um, C2 infrastructure, what it looks like post-exploitation, uh, I wanted to go a little bit deeper. Also, I wanted to shout out that Mike Saunders, you should absolutely Google him, but Mike Saunders from Red Siege, he's actually going to be my guest on Simply Cyber Live if you guys are into that. If you're into like awesome on January 11th, 2024. So put mark that on the calendar. Uh, the dude, I'm telling you, he is next level amazing offensive security professional. Seizes Storm 1152 Outlook infrastructure. According to an announcement from Microsoft on Wednesday, this seizure involved disrupting the group's activities. It said, quote, to date, Storm 1152 created for sale approximately 750 million fraudulent Microsoft accounts, earning the group millions of dollars in illicit revenue and costing Microsoft and others even more to combat their criminal activity, end quote. On December 7th, Microsoft obtained a court order from the Southern District of New York to seize the infrastructure in the U.S. used by the threat actors and to take their websites offline. This seizure included hotmailbox.me, First Captcha, Any Captcha, and None Captcha, which are websites that sell Captcha solve services, and social media sites that were being used to market the gang's services. All right, couple things here, couple things. One, I saw this story two days ago, and, and that's not a flex. That's like, I'm just, I, so I don't prep or research for these stories. You can see this was published on December 13th. But I am a passionate cybersecurity professional. So even I, like all day, every day, I'm consuming cybersecurity content. So like I've, I've already reviewed this story. So like just, just in full disclosure, okay? Now check this out. Basically Microsoft, you got to remember, Microsoft has massive footprint, right? They have tons and tons of telemetry, which is basically like 
raw data coming in from their Azure instances all over the world, lots and lots of businesses. So they are enabled and in a place where they can see trends and see behaviors and all this. Um, and they have a threat actor or they have like a threat intelligence group, right? And they, they, by the way, if you hear a threat actor group that has like a weather based name in it, it was named by Microsoft. So Microsoft has like storm and typhoon and blizzard. Um, th this is Microsoft's naming convention, right? And each one kind of corresponds to a geographical area. So storm is Pacific Rim countries. I think that this particular threat actor group was out of Vietnam. If I'm not mistaken, let me, let me Google this one. Not Google, but you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you can see here, um, based in Vietnam, um, this jack wagon pushing himself on, uh, <laughs> this guy's on like TikTok or whatever, or YouTube offering up his how to's on how to use his services to commit crime. So <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. Uh, here's the thing. Basically, they had this threat actor had developed a technology that could create fake Outlook accounts and automatically pass captures, right? So the sliding the puzzle piece, point out the ones that have crosswalks or bicycles in the pictures, all that, they had automated it and gotten through it. So um, two things are happening here. When I read this story, creating fake accounts, I didn't understand the value of that. Like stealing existing accounts, I saw the value in that. But basically, threat actors could purchase legitimate accounts and then perpetrate crime because of it. So this company, while they are a threat actor, their business to business and their business model is selling accounts to other criminals, right? So these guys are not hacking you and me, Curtis Flush, J.E. and Michelle. Like it, this is more um, selling services in a supply chain way to cyber criminal enterprises, all right? Now, here's the thing that's awesome. First of all, Microsoft shut it down, right? You got to shut it down. Right. Catch me outside. How about that? Yeah. So Microsoft told Storm 1152 to catch him outside. Uh, so I love this. I'm glad they took it down. Here's the only thing I don't understand. Okay. And guys, I don't, I don't know everything. Right. There's a ton of stuff I don't know. But um, here's the one thing that really I, I, I throw to you as the community. Microsoft got a court order. Microsoft took down the infrastructure. Microsoft. Um, like ran this investigation. Like, I since when did Microsoft? I mean, this is basically law enforcement. Right? Like, I'm confused. Like, when I read this story, I'm like, who? Like, I get Microsoft's a very powerful Fortune 10 company, but at what point did Microsoft get a law enforcement division? Right? Like. It, in the past, it was more like, here, you bundle up a bunch of evidence. We have indications that this criminal is doing X, Y, and Z. Here you go, Detective Sifowitz. Here you go, Chief Wiggum. And then law enforcement takes him down. If you read this story, Microsoft sought the court order. Microsoft took down this website and this criminal gang. So I don't understand... Um, all right, so BSEC is saying that uh, basically because it's their own assets, they can act as law enforcement to take it down. Well, I mean, if that's the case, why do they even have to get a, a court order? They could have just done, you know, 
I don't know. To me, it just doesn't sync up. Like if you could, if it's your own infrastructure, just take it down. Why you got to go through the courts? Just be like, suck it, brah. You know, you're violating terms of use. Done. Um, so anyways, it just reads strange. It, it's all, it's all, I mean, it's all legit. It, it's happened, right? But this domain has been seized by Microsoft. You don't see that. You you see like this domain has been seized by Europol, Interpol, FBI, IRS, right? You see that. You don't see Microsoft has done it, right? But anyways, this is what's up. And guess what? For what it's worth, I don't care. Um, it would be nice to understand, but I don't care. I'm loving, loving that the good guys are winning. Regulators! Mala. It was a... And now a word from our sponsor, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Has your organization faced a ransomware attack? Keep calm, breathe, and head on over to recoverfromransomware.com. Barricade Cyber Solutions is the industry choice for ransomware recovery services that small and medium business leaders can rely on. With a track record of rescuing over 3,000 businesses like yours in the last five years alone, you can trust Barricade Cyber Solutions' elite DFIR team for the recovery of your business's data and systems. Schedule a complimentary consult today at recoverfromransomware, all one word, dot com. All right. Good job, Barricade Cyber. All right. Here comes my my audio. Hey, catch me at jawjacking. I've got some big updates for the overall production quality of the stream uh, in 2024. Remind me if you can. Chris Young, you're always amazing at reminding me during jawjacking. Production quality um, improvements. All right. Hey, shout out to Barricade Cyber Solutions. Love the longtime support. Uh, I, I told you about how anti-siphon renewed for uh, six months in 2024. Allow me to enable. Uh, allow me to share with you all. Barricade Cyber Solutions renewed for the entire year. So settle in, friends. Barricade Cyber, very long-term uh, sponsor and massive. Um, champion of Simply Cyber and all of you in the community. So thanks. Thanks, Eric Taylor. Thanks, Casually Joseph. Thank you, Barricade Cyber. I'm super fun. Uh, super fun. Kimberly just uh, buffer overflowed my my mind while I was reading chat like an idiot. All right. Hey, guys. Uh, I want to thank all of you for being here. Thank you so very much. We made it to Friday. We're straight crushing it, homie. Thank you, Barricade. Thank you, Panopsi. Thank you, Anti-Siphon, for all your training. And I want to thank all of you. I want to thank you, Mr. Green Reads, Mr. Alpha Sierra, uh, excuse me, Mr. or Mrs. Alpha Sierra, Angie Arbro, Marcus Kyler, and the Yeet crew. If you guys are getting value and you would like, you guys, like mods. So Jesse Johnson and VSEC are audiophiles and uh, Base Case is an audiophile too. And they hate how my audio sounds when I do this. My the the um the music right now you're listening to in this microphone are pumped through the same output. So when I turn the music down so I can talk over it, I also tin out my my audio. And the audio files, they ooh, they do not like it. I might lose my job, frankly. I might I might get uh, booted from the uh, from the the a hole chair here. 
Guys, do me a quick favor. Hit the like button. Pay it forward. For those who are new here, this is why they found it. Tomorrow, whoever's or Monday, whoever's going to be here, they're going to find it. Please hit the like button. And James McQuiggan with the soup, uh, the squad memberships. Thank you so much, guys. All right. I want to tell you about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, if you will, for a hot minute, guys. Jonathan Lindsay currently has the baton. What I would love for you to do, Jonathan Lindsay, is tag somebody in chat with the baton. Guys, if you would like to blast your, blow up your uh, professional network in a meaningful way with like-minded cyber uh, professionals, this is what you do. Five minutes a day for two weeks. You promise, I promise you, you'll love what you find out. Go on LinkedIn, find the Simply Cyber Community Challenge hashtag, just search for it. Connect with the people posting, comment on their post, connect with the people in the comments. You'll build your network that way. And then passively, other people coming in, looking at the comments are gonna connect with you. So you're going to exponentially grow your network with real, meaningful cybersecurity professionals. Believe me, you're gonna love it. All right, Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Thank you very much. And I look forward to whoever Jonathan Lindsay tags. All right, guys, it is the uh, James McQuiggan. Uh, it's the Cal uh, It's the Grayson Osier joke of the week presented by James McQuiggan. All right, here we go. Here we go. Let me turn up my mic since the audio files are, are after me with their pitchforks. All right, here we go. What brand? Oh, very holiday theme, too. I haven't read these yet. What brand of motorcycle does Santa ride? What brand of motorcycle does Santa ride? And I do have to read this in a my my actual Boston accent, uh, not the my radio voice here. The brand of cycle, motorcycle Santa rides is a, a Holly Davidson. Holly Davidson. Very funny. A Holly Davidson. What's up? My dad's, my uncle's working on the big dig. Going to dunks. <laughs> tell your mother. Tell your mother I said hi. Get her some scratchies for Christmas. Couple stocking stuffers. Ah, the pats, they suck. All right. What do you call a bunch of uh, chess players bragging about their games in a hotel lobby? Wow, this is a very specific joke. What do you call a bunch of chess players bragging about their games in the hotel lobby? <laughs> Chestnuts boasting in an open foyer. Oh. All right. Thank you so much, James McQuiggan, for the Grayson joke of the week. Let's go. And thanks for the squad memberships. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Also, um, I've got some squad memberships to give out too. Here we go. Look at this. I'm going to be able to gift five right now. Merry Christmas, everybody. Boom. There we go. Simply Cyber dropping gifted subs too. So there you go, Michael, uh, Mikel, Eric, Rob, Klassen, Joe Bagley. Love it, love it, love it. Definitely dig into those um, squad emotes. All right, let's keep rolling. Avira antivirus causes Windows freeze. Over the past week, some users have complained of a freeze-up in the Windows operating system, which happens shortly after the boot-up of Windows, plus the activation of the Avira security software. 
This issue has now been linked to a faulty update in Avira, quote, caused by the Avira internal firewall under a rare condition, end quote. This is according to Avira speaking to Bleeping Computer. An update was deployed quickly two days after the discovery of the problem on December 9th, and Avira offers help <laughs> for those still having trouble. Oh, my God. Uh, usually, I don't pay much mind to the uh, the graphics, but this is freaking hilarious. Look at this. Oh, my God. This is Justin Gold rolling out MFA <laughs> right here. Live looking of Justin Gold ro rolling out MFA. All right. So check it out. Um, if you're running this antivirus, you, you already are getting calls. This is from December 12th. I'll just um, cast a disapproving glower at picking this story for a December 15th news brief. Mm, shame. Shame, judging, judging. Um, um, but if you're running Avira, you already know this. It's causing Windows uh, computers to freeze. Um, I, let's take this back a step really quick and um, make this story have some value to all of you. Guys, you've got to be mindful when you're doing updates or patches or new technology, right? Like, let's say... Let's say you don't have multi-factor authentication, right? And you're going to roll it out or you like you're using some new tech, right? Like the new whiz-bang tech that's going to make everything better, whatever. You can't just roll it out gangbusters, push a button. Like it's so lazy and so dangerous to just push it to everybody and be like, YOLO, I'm going to go uh, get some tacos now. If you're ever rolling out patches or technology or software or anything, you have to test it. You have to basically do a pilot. Make sure, like, by the way, you would do this as part of like the um, due diligence of whether or not you wanted to buy the technology in the first place. But you have to roll it out slowly into other into like the business before you roll it out fully. Same with patches. When you roll out patches. You've got to do it in kind of a, like, think of like throwing a, a rock in a pond and the circles, like the, the ripples that come out of the pond. You don't throw a rock in the pond and immediately the edges of the pond get hit with the ripples. It starts small and it starts ballooning out. That's how you have to roll out technology, whether it's new tech or a patch or an update or anything, because you don't know how it's going to impact your organization and your IT infrastructure. A lot of infrastructures have custom stuff. Ooh, like we've got special sauce here. Ooh, we've got Jonathan Lindsay who made some custom access app. Ooh, right? Like, ugh. So you don't know. And if you've rolled out Avira, which I'm, again, never heard of. If you roll it out and you're bricking your machines, it's a lot easier to fix like five machines that are bricking than it is your entire workforce, right? Dude, you don't want to be... Here's the thing. You don't want to be the guy or lady who's fixing machines while everybody else is like sipping eggnog and high-fiving each other at the Secret Santa event at lunchtime, right? That crap happens. Oh, like, hey, you're going to come to the break room and, you know, like listen to Run Run Rudolph and, and you know, do fun stuff. You're going to, okay, hold on. You're going to go to the Nakatomi Plaza for the holiday party? No, I can't because uh, we rolled out technology and it's bricked everything and I've got to work. Wah, wah, wah. Now, of course, if that is the case, in this rare exception, 
you're not going to run into Hans Gruber and his terrorist task force who are taking over Nakatomi Plaza. You're also not going to get to meet Carl Winslow and John McClane. A lot of deep cuts here for the Die Hard movie. But, but my point is, TLDR for practitioners and people looking to break into the industry, you can't just roll stuff out willy-nilly because this crap happens from time to time and you don't want to be the guy or lady having to deal with cleaning up that hot mess. Russian spies seen exploiting JetBrains' Team City vulnerability. Following up on a story we brought you in mid-October, Intelligence services in the UK, US, and Poland have announced that Russia's Foreign Intelligence Service, SVR, has been seen exploiting a vulnerability in JetBrains and is warning organizations across the world due to the large number of compromised devices despite the release of a patch by the manufacturer. In September, Microsoft had first warned about North Korea's use of the vulnerability, tracked as CVE-2023-42793, which affects a product called Team City, used for testing software code before release. According to The Record, SVR is now using the vulnerability to, quote, exfiltrate files that provide insight into a victim's operating system and use several techniques to disable or outright kill endpoint detection and response and antivirus software. End quote. All right. So a whole bunch of things to pick through here for, for me personally, and we're running low on time. So I'm going to give you the lightning version. Okay. And this has got massive value, in my opinion, for, um, for people here, for practitioners. Okay. Two things. Ready? Lightning round. One, if you're going to be running JetBrains, you this came out in September. This vulnerability has been around for months. You are not doing your job if you're still vulnerable to jet brains, right? Ah, you got to patch it. Second of all, um, Russian Ford Intel, they know how to use Shodan. They're exploiting it and they're getting on boxes. Again, this has been major news. So you got to get on it. Two or three, excuse me. They mentioned, and this this one is a little bit deeper and this one's for the uh, for the practitioners. Um, and you could bust this out in a job interview. CVE 2023-42793 was the, 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 the uh, vulnerability in the one North Korea was hacking. It made big pub if you're on the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. It got patched. Now, here is the interesting thing. Um, where does it say this? Uh, do, 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 do. Um, uh, do, do, do. All right, so check this out. JetBrains, the vendor published a patch on September 20th. And then it the details got leaked about the patch. Obviously, here's what it fixes. Here's the problem. It was immediately exploited afterwards. So this is what I, this is what I want you to know about this. When you release a patch for a piece of technology, right? In this case, JetBrains, there, something's being exploited. They release a patch. The patch basically fixes or changes the code of the problem, the thing being exploited, right? So let's just say for uh, ease of understanding, let's say it's a buffer overflow and the patch basically introduces a validation check to make sure that the input is not greater than 24 characters or whatever, right? Okay, so that that's whatever. But here's the thing. When you are a criminal or a threat actor or a security researcher or anything, what you can do is, you can take an instance of the system before the patch. You can take an instance of the system after the patch. 
And if it's an update to a DLL or something like that, like a single file, it's even easier. You don't have to take the whole system. You literally just take the file pre-patch, the file post-patch, and you do a diff on them, and you look at what was patched. So you don't even need to fully understand what the vulnerability was. You can reverse engineer a patch because the vendors are only fixing the problem with the patch. So it's very, it's not easy, but if you have the skills, you can look at the patch and look at the pre-patch version and determine what they fixed. And sometimes when, when vendors are getting really bad pub and they're just trying to race really quickly to fix a problem like Log4j did, they'll patch it, but they won't fix it really well. It'll just be like uh, slapping a Band-Aid on. And security researchers are immediately able to look at the patch and figure out a workaround to continue to exploit the problem initially and, and bypass the patch or the patch itself will introduce a vulnerability and they'll exploit that, which will allow them to exploit the existing vulnerability and you're right back to where you started. So just be mindful when patches come out, if they're not fully vetted, uh, they can introduce new vulnerabilities. And even if they are fully vetted, researchers can tell what the patch did because you can't hide it. Developers aren't going to introduce a whole bunch of like obfuscation and, and like random crap into a patch. They're going to fix the problem and then they're going to move on to the next thing. So that's what's up with that. Kraft Heinz possibly suffers ransomware attack. I need this story. According to Cyber News, the world's fifth largest food and beverage company, Kraft Heinz, has appeared on the leak site of the Snatch Gang in an entry that appears to have first been posted in August and which has now been updated. The posting does not show file samples or any other type of proof of a successful attack, and there has not been any confirmation from Kraft Heinz as of this recording. LinkedIn reverse. All right, so um, we're, we're way behind on time. Here's the deal. Fortune 5 company or whatever, Fortune 10 company, um, says that someone's claiming that they got hacked. The Snatch Gang, I've never heard of them. Kraft Heinz is so freaking big. This could be very similar to like the Boeing story recently. Dude, here's the deal. Major, huge Fortune 50 companies, they have tens of thousands of employees and they probably have thousands of vendors that they work with, contract with. So if some ransomware threat actor gets into something and they find a file that says Kraft Heinz, it's not like you've got the crown jewels. You didn't get the knock list from Mission Impossible 1 of Kraft Heinz's secret formula. Ooh, Heinz 57. Here's the recipe for the 57th iteration that they made their fortune on. No. It's probably like, oh, here's like, here's a marketing campaign or like whatever. So Kraft Heinz is like, like, cool job, bro. Um, like, hold on. Um, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, uh, let me see. Like, this is basically Kraft Heinz right here. Okay. This is Kraft Heinz right now talking to the Snatch Gang. They're like, nice. Like, like whatever, bro. Like next. And and like, dude, to have the uh, the confidence to just come out and say, we're good. Everything's operating normally. Like, way to go. Okay. Versus plans to migrate to Azure. The Microsoft-owned business networking platform had announced plans to move fully to Azure back in 2019, an evolution from its current status of using Azure for specific tasks only. The change in plans not to migrate seems to not be a rejection of Azure outright, but instead making Azure available to other Microsoft customers. 
The decision to hold off on the migration was agreed to by LinkedIn and Microsoft together, and according to a memo from LinkedIn Chief Technology Officer Raghu Hiramagalar to R&D employees in June of 2022, they decided to pause the planned migration of LinkedIn to, quote, allocate resources to external Azure customers, end quote. All right. So let me let me try to find the cybersecurity angle to this story. <laughs> okay. So LinkedIn's owned by Microsoft. LinkedIn's like one of the largest social media platforms globally. And obviously they require a huge backend infrastructure. I don't know what they're on right now. I would assume AWS. Um, they were going to move to Microsoft. Microsoft. Here's the thing. Like it probably would be better for LinkedIn to be on Azure, but it, here's the deal. And this is just straight business, okay? Microsoft already owns LinkedIn. Microsoft putting LinkedIn on Azure, all they're going to be doing is saving cost from giving Amazon money for cloud compute, right? So obviously somebody did the math, right? Really quick. Someone did the math at Microsoft and was like, and this is just silly numbers, but like we pay a million dollars a month to host LinkedIn on AWS. We make $10 million a month off Microsoft Azure, and we're projecting to make another $100 million a month by bringing people onto Azure. So it's cheaper or it makes more money to bring people onto Azure than it does to take the resources of hosting LinkedIn on Azure. Do you see what I'm saying? Like from a business perspective, it's like, it's like, you know what it's like? It's like having a deli. You own a deli, right? And all of a sudden you're going to start selling meatball subs out of your deli because you've only, so, you've only served ham and cheese sandwiches, but now you're, you just acquired like a meatball factory and now you're going to start selling meatball subs. But you've been getting your meatball subs from the deli across the street and people, and people have been coming in and they're like, bro, we love these ham and cheese um, subs. They're so good. Like, take my money. Give me all the ham and cheese subs. So, like, you could stop and start making meatball subs, but you wouldn't be able to sell as many ham and cheese subs because you don't have enough people, you don't have enough rolls, you don't have enough buns. So, like, basically, the decision is, well, she's, we'll, we'll just keep buying meatball subs from next door and, and just be cranking out printing money selling these ham and cheese subs until we slow down. And then we can allocate some of these, these, uh, these rolls to doing in-house meatball subs. Again, Silly example, but I love metaphors in order to convey complicated things. Um, like I'll just quickly, um, I'll just quickly throw this up. Where, where is it? Like this is what I think about this story for uh, cybersecurity. What are we doing? What are we doing here? The stories need to be more cyber related, please. All right, let's keep going. Remember to join us later today for. All righty, here we go. Guys, super pumped. Thank you all so very much uh, for being here. If you were here just for the news, if you were here just for the news, I want to say thank you all very much. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. You guys definitely earned it. Uh, you've been showing up, putting in the work. All those who've got jobs, congratulations. All those interviewing, good luck. I know there's a lot of you. Cert exams, good luck. Um, Shout out to Internal Stranger. I saw in the comments that you had interviewed and unfortunately had a um, an outcome that you weren't super pumped on. But just know that 
you know, the interviews, like even, even when you interview and you don't get the opportunity, it's a great, it's a great way to network, meet new people, uh, flex a little bit, stretch on your interview skills. So, uh, you know, find, find the, the silver lining Rex with a gifted sub. Thanks so much, Rex for gifting five subs. If you're a squad member, um, definitely check out the emo tray. Shout out to Anti-Siphon, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi uh, for the long-term renewals. I've got a line open to Brandon and Panopsi, see if they want to keep the train going here. All right, guys, give me a hot second. Uh, I want to share a couple fun things with you. Um, I need, hold on, I need to... Uh, Give me a second. We've got, I've got much to share here. Uh, is this going to work? This is, this is not ideal. All right, hold on one second. This is not ideal. All right. Hey, Devin, Devin Grady, Devin Grady. Crush that interview, my friend. I'm super pumped for you. I know you're going to crush it. Oh my God. I asked for this. I asked for this. Um, I asked for this and I didn't get it. It's I'm a little frustrated. Give me a second. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find the link. There is a telethon later today. It's only going to be on LinkedIn, which is kind of, you know, limiting, but I'm trying to get this URL, but I'm not getting it. Oh my God. I just want to like throw my computer through a wall. <sighs> All right, guys. Here we go. Here we go. So check it out. Later today, myself... Later today, myself, Josh Mason, Jack Scott, Chris Luff, many people in the cybersecurity community are getting together to launch the 2023 iteration of Cybersecurity Cares. Now, um, if you don't know, we did this last year. Chris Luff and Lima Charlie uh, directs this, but we're doing a live telethon to help raise awareness and, and raise um, funding for this um, charity. And, uh, Chris Luff has done research into the Becky's fund domestic violence and has, you know, can confirm that like 98% of all proceeds go directly to helping people, um, in need, uh, victims of domestic violence, etc. Um, so just stay tuned for that. I'm trying to, if, if mods, can someone please get me the LinkedIn event, uh, link, I need the, it, they're not hosting it on YouTube. It's not on their website. It's all, as far as I know, it's only on LinkedIn, which is uh, frustrating to find uh, while you, while streaming. Uh, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Um, I've been asked to tag somebody uh, with the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Um, who's interested? Who wants it? Let's go. Um no, it hasn't started yet. I want to tag somebody with the community challenge and then we're going to get into it. Did we just become best friends? Yep. 
All right, Rex saying I found the missing link. That's 100% true. All right. Hey, what's um let's tag somebody. Let's just tag somebody who's 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 interested in the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Would love to feature somebody in the community live today on it. There you go. Adam Burnbaum. Adam Burnbaum. Everybody, welcome Adam Burnbaum. Please Grab the baton. Thank you, uh, Rich Palmer and Karen, for um, uh, opting in. But uh, Adam Birnbaum got it. So let's go. All right. Hey, let's go over to uh, jawjacking for a hot minute, and then we will um, pass people off. Guys, if you were here just for the news and you got to get to work, understand. Much love. I'm Jerry, your chat. We had a great week, a great uh, stream today. Come back tomorrow. Hey, do me a favor. Tell a friend. Bring a friend. It's bring a friend Monday on Monday. So bring a friend. Let's go. I'll see you guys over in the jawjacking segment. Be well. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Jaw Jacking. I'm your host, Gerald Ozier. Or no, I'm Jerry Guy. Excuse me. On this stream, I'm Jerry Guy. And um, we're just going to kick it for a minute. Have a little bit of good times. Kathy Chambers is in chat. Ooh, this is perfect. This is perfect. So guys, check it out. I hinted earlier today on the stream that remind me of Jaw Jacking because I wanted to tell you about uh, some 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 improvements, right? Um, with the channel. Now, many of you may or may not know, or many of you know, but for those who do not know, coffee cup, cheers, Matt McDaniel, cheers to you. My only regret is that I pounded all my coffee. Many of you know this, but if you don't know, I am, you know, I produce the show. I'm the host of the show. I run, I'm the chief content creator at Simply Cyber. I, you know, I have a great mod team. The mods are amazing. The community is awesome. You guys are always giving great ideas and and uh, being supportive and inclusive, and I love it. But I take it as a serious charge to level up the the, the channel, right? Like even if it's like one percent better, right? The lighting, the studio, right? We I built the studio to be able to deliver better, better camera, better audio, like better content. Like I'm constantly trying, trying to level up, even if it's just 1%. And something that has been bothering me for some time, and I know the audio at the mid-roll is an issue, and that will get remedied uh, by the by the um, base. Jesse and BSEC are going to help me with that. But one of the things that I would love to do is take the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing to the next level. Okay, what does that mean? I mean, it's... It, I produce it and you know, it, like it's good. It's good, but like, it's not professional. It's professional as I can make it. But many of you know, Kathy Chambers in chat. Kathy Chambers is a member of the Simply Cyber community. She's also an amazing person. She works over at ACI Learning. She's in a PhD program. And what you may not know is that Kathy is an award-winning pro uh, producer right? And when I say award-winning, I mean like legit award-winning producer. She's produced news programs. She's produced shows. 
She's done segment production. She's done uh, full-on uh, main show production. So why, why do I tell you this? Well, I reached out to Kathy and I asked her if she would be interested in if I could hire her, if I could hire her services, right? Since she's produced news programs and Daily Cyber Threat Brief is effectively a news program, can we use her knowledge, her experience, and her expertise to take Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing to the next level? And Kathy said, she said, oh yeah, Jerry, let's rock and roll. So we've got a, we've got an agreement in place. We've got tentative dates in January, and we are going to take the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. The, the, the quality is going to go up. Every single day is not going to change. The stories, the mid-rolls, the, 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 the themes of the week, those aren't going to change, okay? Dan Reardon's meme of the week is going to be there on Thursday, so don't worry. All the things that we love aren't going to change. We're just taking the quality, and we're going to take that spinal tap dial, and we're going to turn it all the way to 11. So I hope you're super excited. I am personally super excited. I love leveling up the quality. I love getting experts in their field to help with the show, like, again, like the audio files in the mods chat. So anyways, I'm super, like, obviously I'm like gushing about it. I am super excited to have somebody with Kathy's uh, pedigree and expertise to come on and help the show. So giddy up on that, y'all. If you're, if you're uh, excited, let me know. Um, also, hey, here's another thing uh, to share with everybody around production. Um, Hold on, my brain just like melted. Uh, I, I'm going, I've, I purchased some software this morning. I've been thinking about this for a while. I actually consulted um, Aaron KG. And um, in 2024, guys, like it or not, okay, I am going to be releasing the hounds when it comes to YouTube shorts and Instagram, I think reels and uh, Twitter, whatever like 60 seconds or less. Basically, I made an entire matrix. I made a matrix of like questions, questions you guys have asked, questions that are popular on on uh, social media and LinkedIn, like questions that people want to know the answers to about cybersecurity. And I'm literally, at, like at, later today, I'm going to turn on the camera and I'm going to spend two hours and I'm literally just going to riff for two hours on those questions. And then I, I I bought a piece of technology earlier this morning that basically you like push it in and it goes ding, 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 ding. And it carves it all up into shorts. And I'm, and then I'm going to put captions and all this other crap. But long story short, uh, in January, my plan and Gary Sergiatis, I know you had like some PTSD from the amount of content I was pushing out there for a minute in June. But guys, my plan is to release like three or four pieces of content every single day for a month and, and just see how the uh, community reacts. I'll tune it up, obviously. Uh, but my plan is to go absolutely bananas um, with content. So stay tuned for that, too, if you're into that. All right, guys, we're at 912. Let me share this with you. This is LinkedIn event. Um. Let me share a link here. Uh, let me share a link with you guys. So check this out. This is in chat. This is the LinkedIn event. I, I just dropped a link to this in chat, okay? 
This is the holiday telethon extravaganza. I am a speaker at this. So right at 9.30 a.m., I'm going to be ending the stream. And I would hope if you guys have, if you guys are available, if you guys are interested, I would very, very much love to do a Simply Cyber raid. We don't do raids all that often, and they're always in good jest. We don't do malicious raids here. We're always all about good times. But I would love to raid um, this event at 9.30. I, I love doing raids. It's so fun. Oh, 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 I have another update. Um, listen, if you guys don't know, Lima Charlie, uh, who's actually doing the Cybersecurity Cares Telethon, Lima Charlie has like really cool logos, okay? I don't know if you guys know, but like, Basically, I got with the Lima Charlie executives and I said, hey, who does your graphics? Please tell me. And they're like, oh, we got this really, really high end guy, but he's super busy. And I'm like, all right. That was like a year ago. Okay. Then Lima Charlie got a new logo. It looks like the Top Gun logo. It's super sweet. It's like so sick. And I emailed Chris again and I'm like, Chris, who does your graphics, dude? They're lit. These things are awesome. And he's like, it's this guy. And he introduced me. He's like, I can't make any promises on how busy this dude is. And I'm like, okay. So I get it connected. And yesterday I emailed him and I'm like, bro, like your graphics are on fire. Please, will you meet with me? And he's like, yeah, what do you need? I'm like, I just want like a sick logo. I want Simply Cyber to have like cool, a cool shirt, man. Black Hills has got all this cool stuff. Lima Charlie's got all this cool stuff. Like. Please, like we we're a cool community. Simply Cyber's cool. We need cool shirts. And he's like, "All right, I got you." So I'm meeting with this dude at 10:30, and I'm literally gonna like give him carte blanche. Like, like you, dude. Like whatever you want. Here's who we are. This is what we do. This is this is what the community is. Like, give us something wicked cool. And uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, but that's that's what's up. Also, Kimberly and I, Kimberly can fix it. Kimberly McKnight and I um, made our own logo and we got shirts made. So Kimberly, Mrs. Osier, and me are the only people who own a shirt with the brand new logo on it. That's like a, a it's like, you'll see it. It's fun. I'm going to wear it on January 4th at the, um, the town hall meeting uh, because it ties into something that I want to share with all of you. All right, so there's a lot coming up. Laura Flores is into the raid. I love it. Uh, all right, so guys, that was a lot of jaw jacking. That was like, dude, there's always so much going on behind the scenes um, that I, I want to share with you guys. And I like I genuinely appreciate the opportunity. I hope you enjoy the jaw jacking as well. Uh, I'll definitely answer questions, obviously. Um. <laughs> All right. So Tim McDonald is sharing the link on the telethon. Awesome. Um, yeah, like I said, I'll be going over there at 9, uh, 9.30 a.m. So in 14 minutes, I'll end the stream and then I'm going to go over there. Kathy Chambers is ready to order one right now. I love it. I can't wait to see what this guy does. Oh, Space Tacos, the Simply Cyber Con logo. Kimberly made that. That's my favorite. Oh, I love that. Let's bring that up on stream right now, just so everybody knows. I know that you're supposed to have themes every year, like different themes for different cons, but like 
I don't know. I might try to make a strong push to have this be like the overall looking of the con all the time. Look how awesome this freaking thing is. Oh my God. Pants off. This is a full baby oil wipe down. Like this is amazing. I love this. Like, is there, is there a shirt? Where can we go? Store. Check this out. Look at this. Oh my God. Oh, it's so good. I have so, I have like three of these shirts. I get like my entire family has these shirts. The kids have it. Mrs. Osier has it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I got stickers. I had my laptop. It's, I only have two stickers on my laptop. One is the Simply CyberCon logo. The other is a Black Hills Information Security logo because I love Black Hills. All right, so Karen says, what does the raid entail? All right, guys, here's what a raid is. At 9.30 a.m., we're going to switch from this stream over to the LinkedIn Cybersecurity Cares stream. When you get into the stream, the first thing you do is go into chat and you do hashtag simply cyber raid. Hashtag simply cyber raid. That's it. And you basically are just announcing. You're like sounding off. Yeah, if you want to get the shirt, the, the Simply Cyber Con shirt is still available in the store. It's so freaking awesome. Oh, I love it. Ooh, they got a hoodie. It's pretty hot down here in the low country, so the ability to wear hoodies is kind of limited. Um, but yeah. Well, that's a good idea. Michael McBride saying, uh, put the, keep the logo on the sleeve every year. Smart. I like it. Oh yeah. Space tacos. That Hansel's so hot right now. Simply CyberCon logo is so hot right now. I love it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Got any questions, anyone? I know we're just kind of kicking it on a Friday. Um, and I'm fine just kicking it with y'all, but if anyone's got any questions, I'm happy to do that too. Uh, Valentino hitting me up. Just wanted to let you know that the SC daily briefing is the best part of my day every day. It anchors my day in just the right way. Heck yeah. Thank you so much, Valentino. And guys, just so you know, many of you know this already, but maybe some first timers here are newcomers. I literally listen like for, like for years I was consuming. Um, first it was the sans internet stormcast and then it became CISO series daily. But I was like literally doing this by myself every day. And at some point I'm like, well, why don't I just turn the camera on and tell people what I'm thinking? So like that, that's kind of the genesis of all of this, but I'm with you, Valentino. I've experimented with doing this at different times. It has to be the first thing I do for the day. Cause it sets me up for the rest of the day. Uh, Kathy Chambers says that even in Florida, they're wearing hoodies cause it's cool. Oh my God. Can I just share with you? My oldest son is in middle school and they do this thing called Kona ice. It's basically like a, a, a delicious cold treat. And there's like the, it's like a food truck basically that comes to the kid's school, by the way, sick, sick contract to have. If you're uh, the Kona ice people, like you basically can pull up in front of a school and they just like file out. But in like elementary school, kids are like flipping out, take my money, fighting each other in order to get like, you know, um, 
these slushies, essentially. My kid goes to middle school. The Kona ice is still there. And I was like, oh, you're going to get Kona ice tomorrow because they come on Fridays. And he's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, bro, like it's uncool to get a delicious, like sweet treat. Oh, I was like, dude, you just got to get a Kona ice and be confident and be like, I don't know what you guys are doing without the Kona ice, but this thing is awesome. Just, it kills me. Like when social pressure dictates, like what you're allowed to have, get out of here with that. Pamela Joshua saying that simply cyber daily saber thread brief has been valuable. Well, Pamela Joshua, I appreciate you being here every day. It's valuable to the whole community to have you as part of the community. Uh, Jay Ian Michelle says, I did my first audit with the Google Cyber Pro Cert. How do you not get overwhelmed when the security posture is a dumpster fire? How do I not get overwhelmed? <laughs> Jay Ian Michelle, uh, spoiler alert, most of them are dumpster fires. It's called, um, <laughs> it's called apathy. Yeah, like, uh, so Jay Ian Michelle, Jay Ian Michelle, there's a reason that there's a dumpster fire emote for the squad members because that's pretty standard. Um, do I have any group wrestling photos? No, I don't. Jamie Fleck. It's too bad too. Like cell phones weren't really a thing when Jamie and I wrestled together. So, uh, we might actually, I might have one in the, uh, yearbook, my, my yearbook. Kayla Sturgeon says TCM is a good Linux for beginners. Of course, that's true. Um, okay. What else? So yes, the Cybersecurity Cares Telethon is live right now. I am going on as a guest at 9.30, which is why I wanted to coordinate the Simply Cyber Raid. Jess Bishop, how are you? Hold on, Jess Bishop, are you just asking me how I am, like, like mental health-wise? That's a very nice question. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, confirm what you're asking, Jess, and I'll answer it as always. Jess Bishop, you could tell by the blue badge next to Jess Bishop's name that she's been a longtime squad member. I love myself some Jess Bishop. Got to spend some time with her in um, Deadwood, Wild West Hackenfest. Um, Jess Bishop, SOC analyst, wonderful uh, human. If you're interested in learning more about SOC, she's definitely a great resource. Um Lazaro said, I sent a super chat and got charged, but didn't see it come through. Glitch on YouTube's end. I guess, Lazaro, did did you um, send the super chat today? Um, I don't know what happened, but hey, guess what? Lazaro said he sent a super chat. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thanks for the super chat, Lazaro. Uh, hopefully we get it sorted out, but good to see you. And of course, Lazaro, congratulations again on your job. Straight crushing it, homie. I came in like a all right, Kayla Sturgeon's going to uh, hop on Discord later today. Take it easy, Kayla. Pamela Joshua, when am I hanging the Simply Cyber sign? Good question. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing with the studio. I've been so busy with Cyber 101 that a lot of other things have kind of fallen by the wayside. I, I do want to tell you, like, this wall, if you've seen the James McQuiggan Daily Cyber Threat Brief or the Charles Finfrock um, live... This wall right here is the backdrop and it's plain. I was actually thinking, I don't want to hang that until I know what I'm doing because I don't want to hang something and then have to move it because it drills holes in the wall. I'm thinking about putting a huge mural on this wall as like an accent piece. So that's kind of pending. I just haven't had time because literally I'm filming labs. I'm filming 
courses and lectures and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly trying to do the cyber 101 stuff. So that's the thing. Oh, Jess Bishop, you don't work nights anymore. Interesting. There you go, girl. All right. Hey, guess what? It's 925. Let's start heading over. I'll answer one more question from Chris Young, and then we're going to go over to the uh, live stream. How's Dr. Rose? You're so well-versed about current events, global cyber players, to be able to discuss the daily cyber threat briefing the way you do? Um, I don't understand the question, Chris Young, but what I will say is, um, you know, I live and breathe cybersecurity. Like, I'm literally love cybersecurity. I love talking about it. I love working it. I love thinking about it. I love reading about it. I am, I am absolutely, I, I like, I'm probably not a good role model for cybersecurity because I am so far on the end of like, give me as much as I can get. I'm into it. So because I've been doing that for so many years, I'm, um, I just have a lot of experience basically. All right. All right, guys. It's great to see all of you. So pro bono video asked, what weight class was I? I wrestled 119. <laughs> 119, 125. I would have to suck weight to get to 19, but the guy we had at 125 was better than me. So in wrestling, it's easier to drop weight than it is to beat the guy at your current weight class. Oh, casually, Joseph, the audio upgrade. As far as audio upgrade, it's probably just base case, BSEC, and Jesse Johnson uh, duct taping me to that chair right there and then fixing my mixing board. All right, here it is. Let's do the telethon. Here we go. Here. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I am just beside myself. Where... I know a lot of people think 119 is light, and it is, okay? But, all right, here is the telethon link, okay? Here's the link. Here's what we're gonna do, guys. Here's what we're gonna do, okay? Here's the link. Drop, drop a simply cyber raid in chat when you get over there, okay? Let's go ahead and raid Raid, raid, raid. Guys, have a wonderful day. I hope to see you over in the uh, LinkedIn um, stream for the Holiday Telethon Extravaganza. On behalf of all the mods, Kathy Chambers, the, the new initiatives that were coming on in 2024, the new podcast, uh, Cyber Starters with Ryan Lairvik, with all the things we're doing, Thank you all. And Lazaro, there's the super chat. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Wishing you and the community a great weekend. Turning 31 this Sunday. Happy birthday, my friend. Woo! All right. Hey, Lazaro Rivera. That Hansel's so hot right Lazaro now. Lazaro Rivera is so hot right now. All right, guys. Hey, go on over and let's raid, raid, raid. Simply Cyber Raid. I'll see you guys over there. If you can't make it, have a great weekend. I'm Jerry, your chat. Until next time, stay secure.
Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one one.